0: Do people question your existence since you've barely left your home since March of 2020?
1: Are you just really good at staying indoors and avoiding people in general? Well, you might be a cryptid. Come hang out with us.
0: I'm your host, Lar. And I'm your host, Lena, And this is The Cryptid
1: Clubhouse. A friendly podcast for friends? I mean, I think that goes without question. I think that is for sure a statement, and not a question. Welcome to the clubhouse, everyone. Yes, welcome. Welcome. It is an an evening here for us. We've had we've had an an interesting day, both of us. But we're here. We're in the clubhouse. We're with our friends. Uh, we hope that even if you had a, an odd day like we did, that you're able to take some time and. And uh, wind down and hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the day the day has has been an interesting like a snowball rolling down a hill. There have been many things that have happened and been picked up, and issues have seemed to have gotten gotten bigger and whatnot, like a snowball rolling down a hill, mm-hmm. which is how I I entered into that uh, illusion. There, this is an excellent segue. I really appreciate. That you're yeah. building me up to just yeah. like take it home. That's right. That's I'm 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 taking again to take the ball analogy. I'm if you will taking a ball of snow and putting it on that little, little what do you call it with the kids with the little league with the uh, the T ball.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Law. I'm pu- I'm taking a little I'm taking a little snowball and I'm I'm pushing it down a hill and then I'm I'm rolling it up and putting it on the t ball so that you may hit it out of the park. Hey, Lena yeah, do you want to know
0: the difference between a snowball and a snow cone?
1: I would love to know the difference <laughs> between a snowball
0: and a snow cone. So in our last episode we uh-huh. were talking about snowballs and what our favorite flavors were. And then I admitted that I actually don't know the difference between mm. a snowball, snow cone. Mm-hmm. are they interchangeable? Mm-hmm. Yeah is it a geographical thing? like what uh-huh. is this? I looked it up. For my own curiosity, mm-hmm. not expecting you know much of any answer, I was not planning on bringing this to the clubhouse. Uh huh. But what I
1: found? Oh my goodness! I feel like this is the start of one of those like um those like daytime uh, sci-fi channel shows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where like they have the person who was like I didn't I didn't think of anything when I started digging in my yard randomly, but then what I found aliens <laughs> can we can we input some like cool sci-fi music or see, something? we'll see what we'll see what editor lena can do okay. so yeah so yeah and then there's someone like there's a video of someone who looks absolutely nothing like you except they are also blonde mm-hmm. who's very badly acting like, like they're really digging digging and it's like yeah really te- and then they're like everywhere oh my yeah and they found the difference between snowballs and snow, snow cones, cones. Yep. The truth is out there, folks.
0: So, I have the basic definition. Okay. Which I can share now. And I also have the history of. Oh, boy. Because it's us.
1: I just love, too, how this has turned into a food history podcast
0: accidentally but apparently it's Accident- a special yeah. interest of ours
1: evidently it is who
0: knew you know we haven't done fixation station in a while but i think we've just mm. replaced fixation station with like <laughs> continual food history
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's those random things that you look up and you're like hey i wonder where this comes from and then you are like oh that's actually really cool yeah well you i think tell it's your friends cool, about it so i'm gonna share it excellent
0: please do okay so a snow cone Mm. is typically very coarse crunchy and granular ice
1: okay when you add
0: the flavor syrup the syrup will actually sink to the bottom of the cup or the cone yeah a snowball is made of finely shaved ice
1: oh so it's more More like snow fluffy like Uh snow
0: and another big difference because it is fluffy, the ice will mm. absorb the syrup.
1: Ah. See, I think, me personally, I have mostly had a snow cone. Mm-hmm. I think that is what I am most familiar with. I don't know that I have ever had a snow ball.
0: I have. They're pretty good.
1: You have. But yeah, yeah. I, d- I do feel like... Oh, I mean, like... I'm sure. I don't know how you can beat, you know, syrup over ice. I, yeah, how
0: can you go wrong, really? Mm-hmm. Um, also, the whole adding, like, marshmallow...
1: Mm -hmm, either mm -hmm. you know
0: to the middle or drizzled on top or whatever that's good around here at least like you'll order a snowball and i guess it's technically closer to snow cone consistency but it's still a snowball around here yes would you like to know
1: the history i would love to know the history
0: this was the part that made me start geeking out and i was like i Uh have to share it
1: which i'm just like just who knew who knew that who there was going to be like, I, you know, here I thought, oh, it's just it's going to end up being like some dialect difference, you know, or some minor like mm-hmm. thing. But but wait, there's more. There's more. First off, like kind of just like a general question
0: to people that want to chime in on this from looking online. It sounds like it's more of like an East Coast down into the South thing in the U.S., Interesting. These snowball snow cones. Now, there are obviously many cultures that serve various types of like ice, mm-hmm. syrupy mm-hmm. dessert. So it's not like we have like the mm-hmm. trademark yeah. there. But this this phenomenon of snowball or snow cone seems like more of a southern, eastern thing. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, hmm. which I was like, I don't know. I find that hard to believe,
1: but maybe, yeah. maybe it is. Well, uh- I was going to say, our listeners will have to chime in. Yes, and please do. See, like, Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, no, I've like definitely had tons of those and I live in California. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Please let us yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. All right. For
0: science. Now, my research, again, very scholarly, comes from things uh-huh. like the Google, uh-huh. the Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, though my I favorite do, databases. I do also quote a website called preservationmaryland.org
1: they are a legit
0: historical society type website
1: oh wow you know Mm. i feel a
0: little bit better about this research
1: yes yes
0: new orleans claims Mm -hmm. to be the home place of the snowball okay thanks to a man named ernest hansen in the 1930s Uh uh-huh and they'd be wrong oh 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 the gauntlet is thrown because snowballs originated in baltimore maryland fuck yeah in the 1800s maryland mic drop yes as soon as i saw that i was like well we have to we're we're like a baltimore based show like we have to share this cool thing heck yeah about our state history
1: why is this not, Why was this not taught to me as a Maryland child in the school? My education yeah. has failed.
0: <laughs> Funnily enough, and I don't remember like how I heard about this. When I was doing some of the research, some of the things that I was reading about, I was like, "Oh yeah, I actually remember hearing about that as a kid," and I had completely mm. forgotten about it. Mm. But yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, as legends go. Hmm. Baltimoreans, or as we affectionately call ourselves, Baltimoreans, (laughs) have been enjoying shaved ice since the eighteen hundreds. Trucks shipping ice to the south would pass through Baltimore, which is like a really big, like, commercial hub. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Kids would chase after the trucks, asking for the shavings. Aww. And then they would take their little little bowl of shavings Mm -hmm. home to their mom, and their moms would like make up little syrups to pour over. The ice shavings Aww. for like a little treat. By the 1850s, the official favorite flavor of the Baltimore Snowball was egg custard. That sounds horrifying. I actually have had <laughs> one of these. And this is like, oh, this, have you this really? triggered like a core memory. Yeah. I have had uh-huh. a Baltimore egg custard snowball. Interesting. A million years ago. And it yeah, was, how was it? really delicious. Was it? Yeah. It, I mean, mm-hmm. it just tastes
1: Kind of like a, a homey vanilla flavor. Okay, okay. See, to me, I feel like it would probably taste like watery ice cream. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, like, you get the custard and you put it on the ice and then right, the ice starts right. to melt. No, no, yeah. no. no. Dif- different vibes. I, s- I stand corrected. Yeah. I'm very glad that you have your own personal experience with this and you can speak to it truthfully.
0: Yes. I remember it tasting very good. Mm. Yeah, and i actually be curious to find one yeah. now and see what I think of it.
1: But. Well, especially now that you know like you like this was the number one flavor in Baltimore in the 1850s. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have the historical context. Yeah.
0: Created by moms.
1: Yes, indeed, as as many things are. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: that, that's important to know, guys. Okay? The
1: unsung heroes of this tale are those moms. <laughs> Thank you moms in the 1850s mm-hmm.
0: for giving us mm-hmm. egg custard snowballs. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, by the 1870s, snowball started gaining popularity. Because obviously we have very hot summers here.
1: Yeah, Oh, very Um, hot summers,
0: yeah. So even theaters began to sell them to customers to cool off. Because obviously this is like the days before air conditioning. And because attending the theater was considered more of like an upper class Uh thing... Snowballs actually were kind of viewed as like a fancy treat.
1: It's so funny. It's cute. <laughs> yeah, I just think all the all the fancy Victorian ladies and gentlemen having their eating little their little snowballs, s- their little snow. Yes, with golden spoons. I mean, yes. I don't know if they're with, golden spoons, but it just seems know. in, in our in our imagination, there they are. Yeah, because what else would you eat your snowball with? Not a plastic spoon. No, absolutely not. <laughs>
0: in a styrofoam cup. Yep. <laughs> Originally, they used to just use hand tools, like a wood planer, to uh-huh. shave off like from the, the mm-hmm. big ice
1: blocks. Makes but sense. Because- oh, we should probably say for people who are not familiar with the history of ice, mm. um, mm-hmm. just in case you're not, ice used to be um, shipped in these huge, huge blocks and people would basically you would order ice and the guy in his little ice cart would come around drawn by a horse originally (laughs) yep yep um and then he would like chunk not you off a big chunk yeah unless you had yourself ordered a big chunk of ice and they had they actually these special like tongs Mm -hmm. for picking up the ice blocks. so they're like big you know suitcase size or bigger Yeah. yeah um but yes, yeah, so you have to imagine like them, and then with a the wood planer mm-hmm. shaving the ice like yep. you would a log of wood. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But yeah.
0: they found that the wood planers would actually give this really fluffy, snow like consistency. Uh-huh. So it was perfect uh-huh. for making snowballs. Because uh-huh. the popularity of the treat, you know, really started coming up, uh, by the 1890s, it actually led for, I, I don't want to say like an industry boom but multiple Mm. manufacturers actually got into creating specific ice shaver tools for purchase this was like a legit thing
1: and i wonder if that's too like i don't know if you had growing up one of those like shaved ice makers where you would like freeze you know this clump of juice or whatever and then you put it in this like little circular razor thing and crank it and then you'd have your fluffy i bet it comes from that so I had one that was like Snoopy's doghouse, and you would
0: shove the ice. <gasps> I did too.
1: Through,
0: and you'd like crank it, and it would come out, yeah. and it'd be really fluffy. Yeah. And then was it Snoopy's hat that had the flavor syrup inside? So. and You'd like squeeze yeah. it. <laughs> the I had this exact. I had this exact kit. <laughs> it was so cute. I love
1: that thing. I don't know what I've, happened. to Oh me. my god, I completely forgot about that. It's so weird yeah. the memories that we're unlocking here today. It was Snoopy. Yeah. If you also had a soupy doghouse shaved ice kit, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so fun! <laughs>
0: During and after the Great Depression, snowballs, which are easy and relatively cheap to make, became known as a hard time Sunday or a penny Sunday. Hmm. So it mean it was able to maintain popularity through the Great Depression and even into like World War II when the rations mm-hmm. were happening for milk and and sugar mm-hmm. and, and eggs and all that. So.
1: Snowball sales remained strong, which is interesting because it had previously been considered a very high yeah, fancy dessert. And then now it's like the opposite. Oh, well, yeah, because it's far yeah. easier to get your hands on some ice and yes,
0: some sort of flavoring of some yeah. kind versus the expensive milk and sugar. Mm-hmm. And-
1: mm-hmm. Well, and I think it just goes to show you, too, I think probably how the availability of ice changed, mm-hmm. that ice went from being something that was very much a treat. It was a special thing you had versus something you can easily get. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh sure. By your... like the nineteen forties a lot of people had mm-hmm. an ice chest at that point, whereas before it was only like the bigger houses that had the mm-hmm. space for ice. <laughs> right. hmm So snow cones mm-hmm. are a spin-off of snowballs.
1: Interesting. They
0: were invented in Dallas, Texas, in the year oh. nineteen nineteen by Samuel okay. Burt. He invented a machine that crushed the ice as opposed to shaving it. And he mm-hmm. sold these snow cones at the state fair and it became very popular and stuck. So now we can go to New Orleans. Okay. It's your turn now. Right. In yes. 1934. And we will give them this. Mm. The first motor-driven ice shaver Oh, was created in New Orleans. Okay. So, like, they got the first... Fancy ice shaver machine.
1: Right. But but they didn't create the snowball. They, they improved the technology of the right. snowball. But they did not invent it. Exactly. So in 1934,
0: Ernest Hansen of New Orleans mm. invented mm-hmm. the first motor-driven ice shaving machine. For two years, he kept the machine to himself. And, and oh only goodness. made snowballs for his family and relatives. Also, important geographical difference... Mm. He called them snow s n o, balls. Uh huh. Whereas up here, like, up here in Balmer, we called them uh-huh. snow s n o w. So if you see like them spelled different, uh-huh. you can then know the history of like if there is a w, it is of the Baltimore lineage, and if there is no w, it is of the New Orleans lineage. I see. I see. Yes. <laughs> uh. In. 1936, Ernest and his wife, Mary, started taking the machine to the streets, and they opened Hanson's Snowblizz. Oh, no! They were punny back then, guys. God, it was so bad. Can you believe it? Yeah. By 1939, they opened a shop that remained in business for the next 67 years. Oh, good for
1: them. Um, But he did not own the market. Oh, he did not, uh-huh. Because I was going to say... He obviously did not uh, corner the market. He didn't because
0: yeah. in 1936, grocer George Ortolano invented mm. his own ice shaving machine made out of galvanized metal, which hmm. he called the Snow Wizard. Oh! And after receiving multiple requests from people wanting their own Snow Wizard for uh-huh. like to have their own snowball businesses, he yeah. actually drew up blueprints did the whole patent thing like the whole the whole shebang um and actually got his machine into like automated production Uh uh-huh so apparently snow wizards are still the primary snowball machines used in louisiana and throughout the gulf coast oh
1: yeah good for him should have should have thought of that ernest yeah ernest you missed
0: an opportunity (laughs) but yeah how cool is that snowballs are from baltimore You know what goes great with eating a snowball? No, what goes great with eating a snowball? Consuming media at the same time.
1: And then telling Mothman about it? Uh yeah. Oh man. We need Heck his yeah. blessing. Oh yeah. Well, uh, good news for Mothman and the clubhouse. I have in fact been consuming media. <gasps> As one shocked. does. I'm sort of kind of between like medias right now. Mm-hmm. Um I just finished watching The Wind Blows from Long Shi which holy shit guys <laughs> is so good i highly 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 recommend it her face um, just it, lit up <laughs> oh my god it was so good um i'm i'm actually funny story i watched it with um my mom because um there is an actor in it that we are both fans of and so we watched it together and then i'm now turning around and watching it with my brother um who's also a fan of this actor and it is a show that I feel like is actually even better the second time around. I love um, those. Sort of like knowing. So let me explain. Yes. So um, it takes place um, during the Three Kingdoms period. Um, this one's like it's. This one is like it's right around like the two fifties A.D. Um, and it's basically a spy drama. And um, it's only uh, twenty four episodes, so it's not like a huge, it's huge very time short, investment. Actually. It's it, for for a Chinese TV show. It's incredibly short, um, and not only is it it's the cinematography is pretty good, um, but I think they did a really good job of making you feel like you are you are in the Three Kingdoms period. Um, the costuming for the men is excellent. Um, historical costuming is a um, one of my special interests that I've just never gotten into here, but I was very excited about the color palette <laughs> and the texture palette of the so costumes. Cool. Oh, it's oh, it's it's really I mean, they seriously look like those statues you've ever seen, like statues of that period mm-hmm. from like, you know, of officials. they the silhouette is perfect. They look like these statues come to life. Um, but they also, I was actually reading interviews about it. I think they only tried to use ambient light. So when they are all gathered around the tables and sharing intelligence and it's nighttime and they're indoors, it's dark. Except for like the, you know, this light around the candle. And even when they are indoors during the daytime, it's pretty dark inside. And I just thought, I just thought that was like a really cool, um... Aspect that added mm-hmm. to this sort of like oh, this very realist feeling to it mm-hmm. that I don't think I have ever seen another Chinese show that was done like that. Typically, it's you know lit, you know, and you know like they're on a sound stage like right, kind of exactly. deal. It's, I hate to I hate to use the word gritty, but it's definitely like a <laughs> gritty historical. If you if you enjoy gritty historical shows, I I highly highly recommend it. Um, yeah, sounds it's, perfect. It, what was it called? It is the wind blows from Longxi and it's one of the few shows that the title's more or less the same in Chinese and English. And it's it's very much the, the physicality of the actors too. There's this one character who when it starts off he's very idealist and it's just like watching the literal weight of everything that's happening just kind of pressing him down um is it's just it's just very good. It sounds yeah. so and well it, done. It's it's incredibly well done. Um the two leads are fantastic. Um if if because i know there are people out there who are fans of guardian Bai Yu is in it he's he plays one of the two leads and chen kun is the other one if you have never watched a chinese tv show before um i think this one is actually a good a good first step into it and they actually have two if you're kind of confused the first maybe four episodes they have a guy who comes out and kind of explains like what just happened um (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, so if you get to the end of the first episode and you're like, I'm good, let's go, let's go to the second episode. You can skip the little bit at the end, but if you're just like What What who what <laughs> it just happened, you know, you can watch it and he, he he steps you through what just happened. Um but yeah, no, I loved it. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um and then I also I, I'll quickly say I just finished reading um Nanchan, which is a Sientia, and it's so weird. <laughs> so it was really good. It's um, it was about a a demonic carp and a sword. <laughs> um, yeah, and I I liked I liked that one a lot. It was one that I had started reading, kind of like I was gonna read something else, and then that was available, and I started reading it, and I really liked it. Although I do want to say, I did just start reading. I'm gonna get the title wrong. She who became the sun. Is that it? She became the son. She that becomes the son. I think it's she became the son um, by Shelley Parker Chan. It's a an alternate history sort of fantasy um, that's about this girl. You know, she grows up and then she grows up, so she's a young woman who um, basically takes her dead brother's identity and will eventually become emperor so, and it's it's ver- it's i've only just started it um and so far that's pretty good yeah um I'm, and i think you're gonna read it
0: i am so funny story we actually hadn't even talked about this book yeah and then i happened to see like goodreads alerted me that lena had updated her mm-hmm. you know what's mm-hmm. it and yeah she's reading this book and i was like wait a second because- you're like
1: hold up that's a book i've actually heard of <laughs> she- <laughs> For real.
0: um but the funny thing was like the same day that she started reading it was the same day that I got my copy in the mail because I had pre-ordered the paperback of it months ago mm-hmm. and I finally got it. I'm in the middle of another book, so I can't mm-hmm. read it right the second, but I'm like super excited and then I find out that she's reading it too and I'm like, great, mm-hmm. we can have book club.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to talk about this, this book like too much like right now because like I really want to wait until you've yeah. read it so that we can <gasps> really be like, oh my God, you guys. We can have a book club episode. We should have a book club episode. I think that would be fun. We should do that. Yeah. So if you're looking for something to read, uh, check out uh, "She Who Became the Sun" becomes the Sun. I'll get I'll get the title right and I'll uh, I'll link it. Editor in Lena. The, <laughs> double yeah. <check> editor, <laughs> editor Lena. will deal with that and and we'll write up the title and the link to reading it. But yeah. So far it's it's really interesting. I think I started I started saying it takes it takes place in like an alternate reality, mm-hmm. um, China in like the thirteen the thirteen hundreds. Um, right now where I'm reading right now, she is actually she's actually a monk so that's that's interesting but yeah yeah it's really good yeah so that's that's um what i've been up to what i've been i've been reading um how about you i have been reading shockingly a lot yay yeah
0: the curse I don't the know. curse I, is broken uh, i think well now you get jinxed i me, did i'm so sorry but i've been feeling pretty good about like my reading rhythm lately Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah i feel like most of this year i've been averaging maybe one to two books a month Mm -hmm. and then somehow in june i read like five plus wow wow i don't know man it just happened that's even better than (laughs) me yeah (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know how because i'm like right whatever
1: listen no complaints don't question no complaints Uh, listen for me for years i did not read at all mm-hmm. i mean to, to, yeah. to be fair to myself a lot of it was just college and then grad school yeah that takes when you're in school mode you just you can't read yeah. for fun yeah um but now that i'm not now that i'm not um yeah it's 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 a lot of fun when you know as somebody who grew up reading so much that um my mom was like hey instead of buying the books from scholastic maybe you should take the flyer to the library <laughs> and check those books out, because I was reading, yep. like, two YA, you know, like, books a day. <laughs> yeah, a it, day. I It was, I, I was, yep. I mean, I don't know that i read two. I could, I could, I could finish a boxcard children book in a day. Yeah. Yep. Some mom was like, how about you go to the library? <laughs> yes. Let's utilize that, yeah. that free, free borrowing service. Man, the Scholastic Book Fair days, though.
0: Oh, so magical. Mm-hmm. I really wish... I mean, I guess they do kind of still have that for adults, and it's called, like, Barnes and Noble.
1: Yeah. Or okay. Bookstore, it's but. not the same, though. Now, I not to, not n- entirely, not to no. derail this podcast and turn this into a Scholastic Book Fair nostalgia no, please trip. Do. Um, please do. But now, I, I will say for those who are not aware, I went to public school um, until we moved to england whereas you were homeschooled or private schooled various things yes so we don't, we don't qu- i have a mishmash yes of schooling experiences a, pat- <laughs> a patchwork quilt of education <laughs> what one of my just like best memories as a kid was when the scholastic book fair they had these huge they probably weren't that big now i'm thinking about it but when you're a kid they had these huge like trunks that they would unlock and they would fold open and there were, like, shelves of books inside. So beautiful. It was so beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, as a kid, I feel like that sort of, like, sense memory of, like, the smell of the books. Mm -hmm. And they also had those little funny, like, erasers and pencil toppers that we were all really into in the 90s for some reason. Um, Those little pencil grips. Like, the, the, just these jars oh, yeah. of them. Yeah, remember those? <laughs> and those little erasers Why? that looked like fruit. They looked like fruit yes. and they didn't erase for shit. Nope, um, but they were cute. And those little, remember those pencils that, like, they had the little, um the little you would write with it and then you would take that piece out and put it in the top and push it down and then you had a new piece of pencil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were just, those were just some of the days. So there was, for, yeah, for those who um maybe aren't American, That's the Scholastic Book Fair experience. And for me, in a nutshell, nutshell. (laughs) and for me, when I was going to school, um, each of the grades was set up that um, it was kind of like in a circular area. It was like a common area. And then each of the classrooms was kind of like set off from that common area. And so the book fair would come around to each grade's like common area and set up in that area. And it was just, oh, man, the Scholastic Book Fair days were great. And then they also had like a little flyer you could take home and order away mm-hmm. if for some reason you didn't have them come. Although I do know you could order ahead and then pick up your books. This That's is where fancy. it all st- this is where it all started. This yep. whole buying books thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no those those are some those are some good good memory days. I wonder if they still do that. Related sidebar: mm. Did you do the like Pizza Hut book it program? Oh
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Heck yeah, it man! It so good. <laughs> yeah,
1: do they do still do stuff like that? I sure, hope I sure so. hope so. Why don't they do it for grownups? I mean, they sort of do. It's the Goodreads challenge, and you just get that serotonin hit. But and like, then we can go buy our own pizza. Yeah, but it's like, not the same. Not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. For those who like don't know what we're talking about, yeah, Pizza sorry. Hut got excited. Yeah, I know Pizza Hut um, would do this, like sort of read. I wasn't it like a a set amount of books. It. Okay, from what I remember, Uh and this might be wrong,
0: but what I remember is that Pizza Hut came out with this program to encourage kids Mm -hmm. to read, Mm -hmm. and you would log the books as you finished them, and once you hit a certain number of books, you could, like, take this paper into them, and they would give you a free Uh personal-sized pan
1: pizza. Yeah, man. For reading books. For reading books! It does Guess not- how easy it was for me. Yeah. I got a lot of pizzas. You got a lot of pizzas. <laughs> yeah, our local library had this, like, reading program, and it was, like... I think it was just for, like, just pat yourself on the back, kudos, but it was, like, they had a, a leaderboard of, like, how many books that you were reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. It just occurred to me, this is where the whole, like, Goodreads thing of, like, logging your books...
0: This is why we do Goodreads. <laughs> also, this is... Pr- Probably part of the inspiration for Momimo, and we didn't even realize it. That's right. It. That's right. We are still logging the things that we that's are consuming. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so that our
1: Patreon supporters can buy us pizza. That's right. Thank you, thank you, Patreon supporters, for your support and yes. your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now that I completely derailed your um, logging of your media. <laughs> so fucking typical. No. <laughs> Please.
0: I am... <laughs> so, been reading a lot of good stuff lately. But the book I will share tonight is the one that I'm currently working on, which is Daughter of the Moon Goddess mm-hmm. by Su Lin Tan. This is book one in a duology. Ooh. The second book comes out in November. I okay, think. so I won't have to wait. Yeah, I said you long. timed it. You timed it decently well. I did. I did. Yes. Um,
1: so, not to, like, you know, I don't want to give away, like, spoilers uh-huh. or anything. Okay, but don't you hate that? Because that's how I feel like with a lot of my books, where it's to be like, I want to tell you what it's about, and I want to sell you on this book, but I can't yes. without- but I don't want to, like, ruin the book yes. for you if
0: I actually inspire you to go get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, what I feel like I can share without it being too spoilery, spoilery yeah. is that the main character of the book- is the daughter of the moon goddess. No shit, no way. Um I know, Shawk. Yeah. The thing is, the current moon goddess was once a mortal. Mm. Her and her mortal husband were wrapped up in this like series of events with the like celestial empress and emperor who are immortal. Mm-hmm. And the husband he was like this like renowned archer he does a good deed they uh-huh. give him an elixir for oh, immortality okay. yeah, yeah this is that this is the jade rabbit story i feel like she's pulling a mishmash okay. of a number of things because like well you'll see when when you read it it's there there's i think she's pulling inspiration from multiple things because there are some things that are a little bit jumbled okay yeah, so he's been given this elixir for immortality as, like, his gift for doing, you know, this great service to the emperor. And he doesn't want to take it because they did not give his wife one. Mm-hmm. His wife is pregnant. Long story short, she ends up almost dying. It's like a whole thing. The wife ends up taking the elixir of immortality, even though it was not given to her. Ah. Mm-hmm. So as punishment, she is banished to the moon. And she has to serve out her immortality as the moon goddess. She's she's held captive. They didn't know it, but she was pregnant, so she has a daughter on the moon, Moon Baby, the Moon Baby. Yeah, yes.
1: So that's what I would titled it, the Moon Baby.
0: Yeah, maybe that should have missed been opportunity. Like, so the Moon Baby, mm-hmm. through a series of events mm-hmm. that I will not say, mm-hmm. ends up back in the like immortal planes. And goes on a series of adventures, attempting to save her mother,
1: the moon goddess. Oh, very, very intriguing. I mean, that's right up my alley. I mean, I think that you would. Yeah, I mean, you would love it. I'm, I might be only selling it to you. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an audience of one. I am sold. Take my money. That's all I need. Take my money. Yes. yes. No, it's
0: it's really. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's good. The The beginning is a little bit slow, mm-hmm. and I feel like the writing style, y- you know, it, it can be a little hard to get into at first, and mm-hmm. I was explaining this to Lena, actually, earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um... That like, And this could be just like a fair warning for anybody that picks it up. One thing that I personally have found a little bit hard to deal with with the book is that the author does tend to tell you a lot of things instead of showing you. And it can come across a little bit condescending Mm -hmm. because she's like really telling you like this is what you should be thinking about the situation instead of letting you come up with your own, you know, understanding. Trusting your your readers. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So that part can be a little hard. I've had to kind of learn to not think too deep about Mm -hmm. those passages, which come very frequently, Mm. I will warn you. Mm. Um, But no, the overall story is really fun, really interesting. Her descriptions of the worlds are really beautiful and, God, the clothes, Mm. the clothes in this book, like the way that she describes their their costumes, it's just... Mm -hmm it makes me want to play dress up <laughs> which is not a feeling that i have had in a
1: very very oh, long time <laughs> oh man i <laughs> yeah. love dress up yeah indeed now this so, so you will have to read she who became the sun and mm-hmm. i'll have to read daughter of the moon goddess and then we can have yes. like a a book club we should we should we should, and we should, we should tell. Maybe we'll have it post on our social medias, we should tell our uh, our listeners when we're doing that. So if they want to read along, they can too. That might be fun. That'd be cute. That'd be I a mean lot we of fun.
0: Make this like a not
1: often thing, yeah. but like semi often yeah. thing. It's a food history and media club <laughs> podcast. Yes, yes. That is what we have turned that into. That is what this is. Our friendly podcast yes. for friends
0: uh for tv media yes i have been watching a lot and not finishing a lot yeah
1: as well now the question is is it a good not finishing is it the like the thing where you're like this is so good i'm not gonna watch the last episode because i don't want it to be over or are you like there's a little bit of that okay yeah there's a little bit of like I'm drawing it out because I don't want it to mm-hmm, end. Mm-hmm.
0: There's also a lot of, holy shit, they dropped a lot of different shows at one time. Mm-hmm. And I have the attention span of like a bunny when they do that. So I'm like, let me watch an episode of this and mm-hmm. then like an episode of that. And then like if I'm watching certain shows with Dave, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the scheduling of things.
1: It was very inconvenient it's, for them to do this to you.
0: They did not check with me in uh-huh. my planner. No. My people should have gotten in touch with their people. Really, really, we should have planned this out. Correct, That's a
1: right. little bit better.
0: Because now I have too many too shows, too many shows. But yeah, and so, too little time. So, what have you been um, sampling, dipping into? Gosh, too too many to talk mm. about. Actually, I think it would make this. Um, what's the opposite of a concise attempts? Just a regular episode,
1: <laughs> but like beyond <laughs> a a, I don't want to say long winded a um. A preposterous pondering. That's too long. Awesome. You like that? I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: that's what that's what yeah. the clubhouse would turn into yeah. if I talked about all of the shows that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two that I will share because I feel like they're probably fairly popular and are listeners will maybe be excited about this. Uh, Dave and I have been working through the latest seasons of Stranger Things Ooh. and Umbrella Academy. Uh-oh. Have thoughts. Yes. Have have thoughts. Now, I have not watched the last two episodes of Stranger Things. Okay. And we still have a couple more episodes left of the latest season of Umbrella okay. Academy.
1: Now, did they do season the thing... Season three. Did they do the thing where they just dropped everything at once? Or are they doing the like weekly- for? Umbrella
0: Academy, I believe that they dropped everything at once. Okay. Stranger Things is doing that, like, weekly. They did a bunch at once, ah. and then they withheld the last two. Oh. From what I understand. Interesting. Interesting. It's all available now to watch. Okay. We just have not you just sat have down. It. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things, I have mixed feels about. Mm. It's a very different vibe to this season than previous seasons, mm. which I don't think is off-brand. I feel like every season has been a little bit different from other seasons. Yeah. Um, there are some things that I'm enjoying. Like I feel like I kind of had to like divorce it from the rest of the season, and mm. if I'm just watching it as a show, mm. there I, I I find that I'm able to enjoy it a little bit better. Yeah, that, that's kinda one of those shows that I like it. Uh-huh. I'll keep watching it, but I also feel like it's kind of going in like a downward trend. Oh no. You know what? Yeah, I, mean? I know exactly what you this mean. This isn't this isn't my favorite season, mm-hmm. though there are some things about it that I do enjoy from like a storytelling mm-hmm. point of view. There's some creative uh. things. Um, I will say, now granted <sighs> It's kind of hard to watch things with me because I am a storyteller, uh-huh. so I understand the beats yeah. and the tropes, and I have a fairly easy time um, foretelling how things are going to end yeah. and who did what. And <laughs> um, yeah, I kept guessing everything Yeah, before it happened, which on the one hand was like kind of validating, but on the other hand, I'm like, it's not as exciting if I can guess everything. See,
1: now that's, okay, I feel like that brings up a really interesting point. Where I feel like there's this thing very much so right now in media where everybody's trying to be like, shocker, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> and there's a question of like, how much is being able to see where something is going? Good storytelling, because it means mm-hmm. that you're laying down the 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 plot beats correctly and your audience is picking right. up on the things that they should be. Like, where's the line between being predictable and being well well worked out you know what i mean right yep. yeah no nope. yeah. i'm with you yeah but that's 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 a whole topic that we could talk about for like 45 minutes we should and our we preposterous pondering segment yes mm-hmm. i fully support that idea
0: um umbrella academy on the other hand i think i am enjoying way more again mm-hmm. kind of a different vibe to this season mm-hmm. but i i'm liking, You're liking it. it yeah i'm liking it that's good this is season three Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, I need to watch that.
0: You should. Yeah, and I feel like at this point with both these shows, because I'm enough seasons in, like I really can't say anything uh-huh, at all uh-huh, without uh-huh. it being considered a uh-huh. spoiler. So I'm not, gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna. Say anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, Umbrella Academy is, it's a fun show. It's, you know, it can be kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Well, Stranger Things can
1: be too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they're dark. They're Umbrella Academy's different though. It's like irreverent. <sighs> so. F- funny yeah yeah it's i mean that's the kind of i i mean don't get me wrong i love i love i love a tragedy i love a good tragedy Mm -hmm. um but i i don't know there's just something about the like dark but irreverent like sort of that i really enjoy my jam yeah academy yeah yes how did they handle um elliot page coming out was it just kind Um, of like
0: so when elliot came out they immediately went back in all of the credits Uh uh-huh that already exist on Netflix mm-hmm. were changed with his name to Elliot Page, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And then in the show, Elliot plays a character named Vanka,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a woman. And they actually had Vanka be trans too. Okay. So they let uh-huh. They let Vanka, mm-hmm. like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of go through that and come out as Victor. Mm-hmm. And they also kind of had these, like, cool interactions with all of Victor's siblings. hmm hmm Which is, I don't know, I just, I I thought it was really cool and a good way to touch on uh-huh. it and kind of show, like, a, hey, here's how you can handle this situation mm. in a very normal, healthy way, mm-hmm. while also not making it, like, a token character mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, like, weird. Or <laughs> trivializing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I th- I thought it was really... Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was I was very curious what they were gonna do mm-hmm. in season three. If if Elliot Page was still going to play the character as mm-hmm. Fanka or if they mm-hmm. would change that character. Yeah.
1: <gasps> Thank you, Mochi. Thank you, Mochi, for, for your input. Yeah. She has some things to say. But yeah, no, that's that's good to know. Yeah, I was I was very I mean, I was planning on watching it anyway, but I was very curious how how they handled that. So yeah. That's yeah. good to know. But on that note, as Mochi so kindly hacked up a, a hairball, furball. evidently, yeah. Mochi, it should be s- noted, is a cat. As a cat. Is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> should be noted that yes. my dog is, is a actually cat. a cat. Yes. But yeah. I mean, she's basically a she's cat. She's basically a cat but yeah on that note
0: thanks for hanging out with me well thank you for hanging out with me and thank you listeners for hanging out with us this week in the clubhouse yeah
1: and hopefully if you live in a warm climate you will have the opportunity to go out and get yourself a snowball or a snow cone whichever one Mm -hmm. is available in your geographic area try it with marshmallow for me and let me know what you think i still need to do that i haven't done that yet i'm excited to try that again we need to have this we need to have this uh field trip but if you would like to help us fund field trips, <laughs> and mm-hmm. our book buying habits, Perfect. and making this show, um, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash talkingfish and get exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else, like the behind uh, the scenes video of us hanging out and making this show. And if you want to come say hi on social media, you can do that just about anywhere. At Talking Fish Cast, uh, we don't bite, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on the snowball, snow cone, geographic situation thing. Yeah, if if the Wikipedia lied to yeah. me, please, please let me. Please tell us. But while you do that, until next time, remember that Mothman thinks you're special, and he loves you very much.